Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to a very special extra interview of Final Cut. Today, I'm joined by an actor who has been in projects such as Cloak and Dagger, The Gifted, Ratchet, and The California Christmas. Apologies about that, it's actually Ratched. I actually pronounced it wrong, I do apologise. That's going in the blooper reel at the end of the year. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the stars of the number one movie on Netflix right now, Gunnar Anderson. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me, Dean. Anytime, mate. The honour is well and truly mine. So, the inevitable question, how did you get started out in acting? Uh, that's... <clears throat> to, to get started, I mean, I think it starts just playing pretend games as a kid. Um, I think that was like... I, I, I was not an athlete when I was a kid. I was not a. I was not super into sports. Um but the pretend games and playing army in the backyard and, you know, dressing up and things like that, that was, that was what was fun to me. And I, I guess I, I, I never really grew out of it. And I think when you find out that, or when I found out that that could be a career path, that was something I just kind of wanted to pursue from day one. Now, obviously everyone has influences. I mean, I've been growing up, my influences were Ridley Scott. James Cameron was a big one for me because a lot of his movies I loved. So Mm -hmm. obviously going along that sort of line. Um, Who were your influences growing up? As far as, as far as actors or actors or anyone, anything that sort of made you feel like uh, acting could be, could be, I'll say the uh, future for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, there there were a ton of actors that were that were definitely influencers. Where I was just, you you see them on screen, and it's just like, at, at a young age, you can't even put your finger on what's so like, captivating about them. They're just so interesting. I know Harrison Ford was like a huge one for me. Oh yeah. Um, he was, you know, I was a big Star Wars fan when I was a kid. I was a big Indiana Jones fan when I was a kid. I was, um, he was probably the first actor where I was like wow I that's what I want to do um but as far as influences I mean I I was I I got really into fitness and and working out so Arnold Schwarzenegger was a big fit was a big influence because he took he went from fitness to movie star and that was you know that's a pretty unique path um and then I I think you know a ton of a ton of characters were, were influences I was you know I was such a fan of, and still am, Sherlock Holmes, uh, Batman, James Bond, like all of the big, all of the characters like that, I think were huge influences to kind of go towards this path. So, oh, just while you mentioned Indiana Jones and Star Wars, you mentioned you were a fan. I suppose the question now is with the last load of movies of both that I kind of feel have really, I'll say, undermined how well that is a franchise. Are you still a Star Wars fan? And okay, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a two-part question. Yes, so, 
let's Indiana Jones first. Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite film of all time. I think it's a perfect movie. Um, it, it was one of the first movies I remember sitting through like all the way as a kid. Um, but I think that gives me a, a bias when you're looking at a movie that's like, uh, I know a lot of people don't like the crystal skull kingdom of the crystal skull. Yeah. I, I don't um, even like, I do like the idea of it. I just don't like the actual I loved, movie. I loved every second of that movie. Um, so I'm, and, and if they do another Indiana Jones film, apparently it's happening. It is happening. Um, Would you like to know who's directing it? Because I have actually found this out. I think it's James Mangold, right? It is. Yes. That's what I Yeah. And he just well. did. And he just did. Um, I really liked, um, he's done. What did he Wolf- just, yeah, he did the Wolverine and he did Ford versus Ferrari. Ford v Ferrari. Yeah. I, I love, yeah. I loved Ford v Ferrari. So if he can kind of, if he steps into that and does well with it, I'm, I'm all for it. But star Wars on the other hand, um, I love the first three. I'm it's, it, it sounds so like, so it sounds like a cop out to say you don't like the prequels at this point, but um, I don't like the prequels. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you you have you have your say, and then I'll say what I feel about the nine. But I, I'll just uh, cut to the chase. I I'm with you with four, five, and six because they are some of the best movies ever made. Yeah, regardless I think of whether so George too. Lucas has been involved with them or not. Yeah, I think so too. And and then I I, I don't. I think I liked the prequels when I was a kid. But I definitely don't. I, I have not ever taken the time to revisit them. Yeah. So maybe it's unfair to say I didn't like them. But I I I I I don't remember really like wanting to revisit them. And then I really liked The Force Awakens. Um, I thought that was a really nice fresh start. And then the the next two in in the main can or the main like Skywalker in eight and nine storyline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, eight and nine. They were, I just, I just, I mean, obviously they're, they're gorgeous. The production value is great. The acting's fantastic, but it just seemed a little muddled, I guess, yeah. or rushed. But then you have like Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was fantastic. Magnificent. And then, yeah, I didn't see Solo. You don't want to. But then, okay. You really <laughs> don't want to. More or less what I've heard. But then The Mandalorian's fantastic. Hmm. The Mandalorian's like my favorite show right now. Yeah, there was actually, I found, I saw this a couple of weeks ago, there's actually an email that says, Pedro Pascal has been rushed to hospital with severe back pain because of, because he is literally carrying the entire Star Wars franchise on his back. Yeah, I mean. Which is kind of true at the minute, but there's been a lot announced, which will ease that back pain on him him a little bit. Yeah. God, I listened to that, uh, the Disney investor meeting, and between Marvel, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, like everything, I cannot wait for everything that's coming out. Especially from an actor's perspective, to audition for some of that stuff is just a dream. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm glad you brought um, Marvel up. Uh, You've actually done a Marvel series by the name of Cloak and Dagger. Now, I have actually seen Mm -hmm. it, so I know what it's about. Um, What was it? What was it like to film? So, Cloak and Dagger was my first professional acting job ever um i was supposed to be in two episodes and they condensed my uh they condensed my role down to just one and when it aired they they cut they cut my lines out um which happens a lot if if you're on a 
if you're on a, you know, a, a network show and, and your particular scene doesn't carry the story forward necessarily, they'll, they'll oftentimes just cut it down. But it was my first appearance on a network show and it, it was strange. It was, it was, um, it's a big, it was a big show at the time. And, but my scene took place it was a flashback like hundreds of years earlier. Yeah. And I filmed completely alone. Um, I think I had one other castmate, so I didn't get to interact with like the lead, the main cast of the show. Um, but as far as like a, you know, a first time go. And that was when it, it, it you know, the, the, the Marvel TV universe and the Marvel cinematic universe, yeah. there was kind of like a blurred line. It wasn't like, this is Canon. This is not, it was like, well, this might be, this you know but um it was a big set to walk onto, and it was intimidating and it was it was really fun though and it's funny I, I was talking to you earlier like the idea of playing army as a kid my first professional booking I was playing a soldier yep, you were. running through the woods I mean that's like you know a childhood dream so that was that, it, it was a really fun first go Obviously, we've just talked about Disney Invest today. Now, there's a lot of Marvel. Well, actually, I'll, I'll say Disney because it covers literally everything. Um, if I'm assuming that you would be up for any, if not all of all of them that's been announced. Yeah, I mean, from a, like, would I want to? Yeah, would you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> from a Star Wars to. perspective, you'd be literally the first in line. Um. Star Wars, yeah. I mean, I think Marvel. I mean, that's like, I, I, you know, I was, I don't know how old I was when Iron Man came out, but I've grown up with that franchise, mm. you know. So I mean, the, the the MCU would be like the like the gold standard of like fandom meets professionalism, you know yeah. what I mean, or fandom meets career, yeah. So the the Marvel movies would be probably like if if I if I, somebody laid them out to me and this will never ever happen but if somebody said do you want to go star wars or marvel i would probably go marvel mm, fair enough but to be fair what person wouldn't aside from someone who likes star wars oh to answer you to answer the question um i actually love four five and six of star wars but to be fair who doesn't unless you were like born in the last 20 years in which case you probably never even watched them phantom menace i don't mind i know a lot of people don't really like it but i don't mind it Episode two, it was sort of like a bit better, but Revenge of a Sith for me was probably the best of the prequels by far. Yeah. Now, this is probably where we differ about seven, eight, and nine. I agree, eight and nine were sort of something else, but as far as I was concerned, seven was just another variation of four. Uh, was. It was. Last Jedi was should have been Empire Strikes Back, but was nowhere near it. And episode nine looks like they ran out of ideas, so they just literally went for the oh, yeah, that's the last idea in the shop. We'll buy that and we'll run with it. It's so funny, man. Yeah, if they decide to do... I hope they don't. But if they decide to do a 10, 11, and 12, I really hope that they actually adapt one of the the many Star Wars comics because that's what a lot of... That's what Marvel and DC do quite a bit. And it just Mm -hmm. works. So if they did do another load of trilogies, if they did something like comic book related, that would be brilliant. So. I it's 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 funny we're talking about this. I it is, yeah. I I skipped um I skipped out on 
the the last one that came out was that uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but not. I, 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 yeah, so episode nine. I skipped that in a the theater, and I literally just watched it last night. I flew from L.A. last night to North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, and I watched it on the plane. And you like it? Yeah, it, it just felt rushed. I mean, those actors are so good, and the the, the characters are they, they set them up so well. And um, but yeah, it was just um, I mean, it's enjoyable, but it's you know, from a somebody who likes the originals, yeah, I can yeah. see where you're. Yep. Speaking of Marvel, we can't really have a Marvel conversation without the flip side of a coin, which is uh, DC ones. So obviously, HBO Max is in full swing with everything that they've got coming up. So it, so not to sound like you're betraying the Marvel faithful or not, but is there any DC projects that would interest you? Uh, I have, I have no, I have no allegiance to either. I'm a, I'm a equal fan of both. Um, I, I've, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a pitch for you. Um, you, you're, you're pretty, you, you seem pretty knowledgeable of the source material, right? Sort of. I actually do a podcast with two guys. One of them is literally a walking encyclopedia of comic books. Honestly, you say to okay. them, what's what has such and such done in the comics? First thing okay. he'll say is he'll tell you. It's like when, I, when there's something I don't know, I'm like, right, what, what the hell is this character like? And he'll, he'll tell me within about yeah. five minutes of actually seeing it. I love, I love having friends like that. I have, I have a friend like that too. His name's Drew and I can, I can text him anytime, but um, t- tell your friend this pitch. Um, there's a there's a graphic novel called uh, Gotham by Gaslight, and it, it basically ah, I know what you it mean. Takes, I've got the DVD yeah. of it. it. I know I didn't know there was a oh like an animated yeah like an animated yeah yeah yeah, yeah. DC yeah. is the best when it comes to animation. Not taking anything away from Marvel, but the entire DC animated universe is just the best. It doesn't matter what it is over what genre. It's the best mm-hmm. load of movies that you can ever have. I've got a lot of them actually, although. For being truthful, avoid Batman Ninja. Just avoid it. See, I haven't, I haven't watched any of the new, the newer ones, but I grew up on the old animated series. The, the I did, I did. Batman, Superman, Justice League, all of those. Those, I have, I have all of the DVDs. I have, I, you know, grew up on those. But anyway, if you took the Gotham by Gaslight story, mm-hmm. where you put Batman in like the 1800s make that a mini series or a series that would be like i think that is like the dream role yeah if, if there was a dream role i think that would be like a, that'd be fantastic would be nice to see a live action version of it at some point and somewhere kind of like the like the guy ritchie sherlock holmes Ooh, but with love that yeah be so cool be so cool hbo max would be the perfect place to do it too mm. Uh, oh yeah. So you've also listening. done, yeah. You've also done another series that I think is marvelous. I don't know if anybody else thinks that way. It was called The Gifted, but it does mm-hmm. almost sound like it's almost X Men esque. It was yeah. It, it it takes place in the X Men universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't know because there was the other there was the FX show Legion. Yes, that was also. But the gifted was, um, 
I can't, I don't know if it takes place in the same continuity as like the, the, the X-Men movies or if it was kind of its own thing, but yeah, again, a very small part on that, but it was still a really, you know, anything that's like tied to Marvel is, is such a, such a big production. Yeah. Um, and that was another real, it was like cloak and dagger and gifted were almost like back to back. Yeah. Um, which was really fun. It is a bit hard with, uh, with the MCU because, uh, you know, the Netflix series, they were actually based in the MCU, but they were basically not paired with it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So you knew they yeah. were there, but it was a case of they wouldn't interact with any of the Avengers. So I do understand yeah. that. It's kind of like you're not sure if it's with it or not. Yeah. But I, I really liked the Netflix shows. I thought they were I, I thought they were great, especially Daredevil was That's one fantastic. of the best one for me. Yeah. I thought Daredevil and The Punisher were both really good. Jessica Jones was fantastic. Kristen oh, Ritter yeah. is so good in that role. Um, Charlie Cox is brilliant. Um, I hope he comes back for Spider-Man 3 because there is a rumor that Daredevil will appear. Oh, that'd be really cool. Which Daredevil? That I mean, would be really cool. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I do like Ben Affleck, but no, not that movie. Just please be Charlie Cox. Oh, gosh, I forgot. I forgot he was Daredevil. That was a, yeah, that was before the Marvel movies like hit their stride. Yeah. Um, this was when Colin Fowle was terrorizing him with a ball, with massive bullseye on his head. Yes, yes. Yeah. I know yeah, a lot of people um, probably go in the comments and give me absolute flag for it, but I do actually like that movie, just obviously not as much as I like Netflix's series. Because it was a lot darker. This is a deep cut, but there's a director's cut of that movie. Which I haven't, it's actually, I haven't actually seen that. It's actually it's it's worth the watch. It's 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 a much it goes more into and I could I could, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. Um but I remember there's much more of an inve- there, there's there's much more of an investigation into a murder that is kind of a good subplot that mm. kind of flows with the main story arc. Yeah. And um, I remember it being much better than the than the theatrical release. But it's worth keep checking out. out. Yeah, we've got plenty of we've got plenty of uh, streaming platforms, so I'll keep an eye out for it. Um, yeah. Oh. There is one thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, I'll try and get it right the uh, second time of asking, so apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ratched, starring Sarah Paulson. Um, I'm still not quite sure what that's about. Ratchet is... Um, it's a it's a prequel to One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good old Jack Nick. Um Yeah, so the the character of Nurse Ratchet is, is obviously the main villain of that book or movie. And uh, uh, Ratchet, the show, just explores her like origin story, so to speak. So it's before she gets to the sanitary where um, Jack Nicholson's character, and I'm totally blanking on his name. What is his name? I know. I haven't seen it in, in ages, the book. So we'll just um, say some guy. Let's just say Jack Nicholson. Um, say Jack Nicholson. But it, it's, yeah, it's, it's her, you know, but yeah, her origin story. It's really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Now, I didn't realize this, but it's actually a Ryan Murphy show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's part of his big... Uh, he signed a, a deal with Netflix to produce... Uh, a, he signed a massive deal with Netflix, and I think that was one of the first uh, shows to come out. 
uh, within the Netflix original, yeah. Ryan Murphy. Uh, Prom that he's just that he's just made is out now. It, that is actually quite a good movie. It's a nice little musical if anyone ever fancies yeah. something different. Yeah, I watched it a couple nights ago. It was it was really it was really I good. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Was, it. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you can get you know Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman to do a musical number, that's I still remember Nicole Kidman from Moulin Rouge. That's one of my one of my favorite movies, and so that's that was really cool to see her kind of step into that musical. Yeah realm again I, I will have to say this because my fiance is a big fan of this movie i can't say you can't say no street without saying that my miss my lady is a big fan of mamma mia i prefer the second mm-hmm. one myself but she just loves both of them mm. i i i didn't see the second one but i saw the first one and i've seen the play uh a couple times but it's uh yeah it's she, she's you know she's fantastic in everything she does so it's no. She's not in the second one that much, but when she is, it's just oh, yeah, yeah. You feel it. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Would you do any more of uh, of a series if it got renewed, whether it's in a different role or the same one? On Ratchet. Yep. Um. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Um. Number one, it's a it's a great show, and I I, I would love to see where it goes. But my role on Ratchet was cut down uh, a lot. Um, and I died off screen. Yeah. So could easily make a comeback. Indeed. So my big death scene was, was off scene or off, off screen. So there could be a way to fudge it and come back. I don't, who knows? Because yep. I was I was interviewing a chap named Stephen Hazar. He's been in Supernatural twice. He had a minor role in his first time, but the second time he had sort of a main role in an episode. So, mm-hmm. so it's very possible, sir. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I haven't heard, and I could have just missed the deadline article, but I don't know if I don't know if Ratchet was a limited series or if it was a, if it's going to get a season two or. Might do. Who knows. Yeah, who definitely knows? Only Ryan Murphy knows that. Well, if it's Ryan Murphy, it probably will go for about five, six seasons. That's how he right, likes right, to right. anyway. Now, yeah. obviously, it's Christmas time, albeit at mm-hmm. this point, it's about seven and a, well, in my case, seven and a half days away. So you have a Christmas movie out, which I have watched. I absolutely love it. And it's called A California Christmas. And I must also stress this, this is the number one movie on Netflix at this point in time, which is the 17th of December. Yeah. So for those who haven't watched it, and congratulations for that, by the way. Having thank you. Thank you very much. Movie on Netflix is not very easy, not with everything that's out there. So yeah. just explain for those who haven't watched it, what it's about and what your role is. Uh, well, thank you for all that. It, it's, it's, it's so cool to see that being number one. It's is just... it quite weird? You know, it, it, it was just, it was such a, uh, su- such humble beginnings, I guess we'll say. Um, we, you know, we filmed in the middle of COVID in July and the set was so small and it was just, it was such a small, it was a small production, you know, like, and, and it just felt very intimate and it was very, and, you know, I was friends with Lauren and Josh already, um, it, it, and and it, it just felt like going to make a movie with your friends and now it's number one on Netflix and it, it's just, it blows my mind, but um, uh, it, it's, it's, 
it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about a very, uh, wealthy man played by Josh. He's like a, he's the son of, uh, uh, the Van Aston legacy, I guess. And, uh, he's charged with, uh, he's, his mom kind of dangles the carrot of a big promotion in front of him if he can acquire this land, uh, out in wine country. So he goes to this small town to convince this young woman to sign over her land. And when he figures out it's going to be a little bit more difficult, he poses as a ranch hand to try to, uh, convince her and, uh, everything spirals from there. And I play Connor who is, um, the woman's best friend. And, uh, I'm very suspicious of, uh, Josh's character. And very protective as well. Very protective. Yeah. There's, there's a very interesting backstory between us that they, I thought they handled so, so nicely. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. Definitely. It's it's my favorite project I've ever worked on. So yeah. Must admit, it's one of the. I'm not really a Christmas movie fan. I, I generally am not. But me either. I know, but it's. But I think this year there's just been so many good Christmas movies on that. I actually am like, well, do you know what? Maybe maybe Christmas movies aren't as bad as uh, Hallmark makes them out to be. You know, I think I think a lot of uh, very true, but I think also it's been such a shitty year for so it many has, people. Yeah, it generally, has. and I think I think Christmas movies. I, I, I think I think there's a newfound appreciation for just sitting back and watching like a really, you know, wholesome, not whole, wholesome is the wrong word, um, just uplifting story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, w- I think we've already answered this, but I'll just ask a question anyway. What was it like working with the husband and wife team of Lauren and Josh? Oh, they're, uh, first of all, they're adorable, but... Uh, they're just, it's, it's, it's so, it was just such a privilege to get to go to work with your friends. Um, you know, I, I, I made a lot of, I made a lot of movies with friends in high school, you know, uh, just kind of taking a camera and running around with your best friends to make a movie. And, um, obviously this had a much bigger budget and much bigger production, but it felt a lot like that. Um, just kind of hanging out with your friends, being creative. And it was, it was a blast. And they're, they're so professional and so funny to watch them work together and like uh, give each other notes. And just, it, it was just a really, it, it, it was, it was fascinating to watch them work and very, uh, very cute. Very cute. Yeah. 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 Really. Just, just this is just this is just a question for me because I've been curious about this. How, how weird and how, how bad is it when Lauren brands a shotgun and you're looking at it and you think, oh my god, I wouldn't want to mess with her. It's, it's okay. It, it's very. I've had a gun pointed at me many, many times on screen, um, and it's always very strange. It is. Um, and it's it, there. There's always like that little in the back of your mind are we sure did, did, did props check this? Is it, yes. are we sure it's not loaded? It's always that. You know, I think of like, I mean, I don't want to get like super dark, but I think of the crow and oh, yeah, yeah. Brandon yeah, Lee and yeah. And it's just like, and I, I took a, I took an intensive course uh, a few years ago on tactical firearms training 
uh, really just for nothing else to, but to put on the resume. But um, I remember hearing stories about, you know, a, a firearm being discharged on set or like a yeah. blank firing or something like that. And so, yeah, there's, uh, and, and she, she's, she was so into the character and that character is such just a badass, you know, she has no, no filter and no problem pointing a gun at somebody. Uh, so there's very, to have it whipped on you like that. It's, it's, it's a little jarring. I think the reaction is very real. Yeah. Yep. I want to say I was watching it. Even I, even I felt sorry for Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because when he was like, uh, what's the shotgun for? Uh, we're supposed to have somebody come around. I'm like, I bet he's glad he decided to be a ranch hand. I'm not in the suit. Yeah. Yeah, she pulls she pulls that shotgun on a lot of people. <laughs> uh, Remind me never to lose a game of poker to her. Otherwise, I would. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. All right, then. Um, obviously, it's Christmas time. You've starred in one Christmas movie. So depending on what it is, obviously, it's what your taste, what you prefer in actually Christmas movie. Would you do another Christmas movie or if they did another California Christmas movie, regardless of whether it's a sequel, a prequel or something along that line, if the opportunity arose? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to do another, another California Christmas. That would be just really fun. Uh, I think, like, I, I think we talked about this earlier, but I mean, if, yeah. if nothing else, just to work with that crew again was really fun. But I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, in in my mind, a a Christmas movie is like a, it's it's not so much a a genre in and of itself, but I mean, if the story is really good and California Christmas happens to have a great story. So, I mean, I think, um, I think the Christmas movies that work the best are the ones that are just kind of set around Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where the, 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 the storyline is just kind of, uh, it, naturally woven into the Christmas time of the year. Yep. Um, All right, then just a question. Um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Because Bruce Willis has gone on record and saying it isn't, even though it's set at Christmas, the date is set at Christmas, you even have Run DMC singing, singing uh, oh, what was it called? Is it Christmas in the Hollis or something like that? Okay. It was something like I that. Think... Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. I, I think that too, but Bruce doesn't. It's like, no, it's wrong. He's wrong. He's starting it fair enough, but it is a Christmas movie. I'm sorry. There is no it's a, about it. Any any movie that has a Christmas tree in it exactly. is a Christmas movie. It can be a Christmas movie. Um, and I think the debate has gone on so long at this point. I think I I, I think it I think that alone solidifies it as a Christmas movie. Indeed. And it's a fantastic Christmas movie. Um, so dear, if, if that falls into the category of what I do another Christmas movie and they want to do another Die Hard, yeah, absolutely. I used to, I loved the original Die Hard. Who doesn't? Still better than Die Hard 2. Probably, probably on par with Die Hard 3, I think, but I think that, I think the first movie still creeps ahead of the, Die Hard. The, the first two, both of them took place around Christmas, right? They did, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great franchise. It it's is, a, yeah. just a mind-numbing fun. It's he's he's so great in that role. It is, but if anyone wants to watch uh, four and five, I recommend four, but probably not so much five, to be honest. I did I didn't see four or five. Four is the, very the, good. Yeah, 
the the last one I saw was the um the one with Samuel Jackson and I thought that was really good. But, oh yeah, Jeremy Irons. What, why yeah. is it yeah, Englishman yeah. can can have such good German accents? I don't know. He did. He did fantastic. He did fantastic. Hard to believe that became Alfred Pennyworth in uh, Ben Affleck's uh, Justice League movie, eh? Oh, I love. I loved him in that role. I know. I, I thought he was. So I mind. thought he was great. Yeah. Um, I, I I probably know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you keep in touch with any of your previous co-stars? Yes, I, I do. I do. Obviously, obviously, Lauren, Josh. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I've made some really good uh, connections on set, and unfortunately, a, a lot of the stuff that I that I worked on filmed um, in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, early on, some of the earlier stuff that I did. So making the move from Atlanta to Los Angeles, kind of, you lose touch with some people. But I mean. Um, yeah, I've made some. I've made some really good friends. Um, my my stunt man on Ratchet is a, is a great guy. Um, and the I met a girl who's actually with the same agency at the time on Cloak and Dagger, and we met on the set, and we've been friends ever since. So yeah, you you meet a lot of really cool people. I was actually having a chat with uh, Aaron Douglas, who was in uh, Battlestar Galactica, as in the two thousand one. Mm-hmm. I was actually shocked when he said this, but he says that he still keeps in contact with a lot of the cast. And bearing in mind, this finished 12 years ago and he still keeps oh, I don't, in contact with a lot of them. I can't imagine not, you, you know, for, for a show that runs that long mm. um, to, to go to, I mean, it's, it's like any other job. You go to work with people and you make friends and I, I, I can't imagine not keeping in touch with people. Yeah. I would love to, if to be honest with you, there's a lot of people I have met this year that I would actually like to keep in touch with, whether yeah. it be for business yeah. or personal. So right. we'll see how 2021 goes in that regard. Um, just moving on briefly. Uh, now, there, there is a little section I do with everyone. It's just to get their insight into a few things which is actually quite relevant in the uh, current climate we're in and in general. Um, so I'm going to do a bit, of, uh, a bit of theory work with you, if I may. Uh, sure. So... So I'm a, so say I'm a struggling actor, singer, dancer, you, who you know and are quite pally with. They say to you, I'm thinking of quitting because I'm getting nowhere and I'm losing all hope. What would your advice be to them to keep going or to, uh, or to quit even? Because sometimes it's a case of follow your heart, which a fair few people actually say. You know, I think, I think that's actually really sound advice. I think if you're, I mean, if if you listen to any any well known actor's story, I think they've all had that moment of like, should I quit? Should I, you know, it, it, am I done? Like, and and then you know their next audition lands. And Annie Murphy on Schitt's Creek has a famous story about that. Now, um, she was she was ready to ready to call it quits. She was sitting on the beach, and the next day she got the audition for Schitt's Creek, changed her life. Yeah, and now she's you know. She's Annie Murphy. And um, so I think everybody kind of has that uh, moment. Uh, and I, I've, I've certainly had my moments of, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing, I, I, th- I think what you have to ask yourself is, can you see yourself doing anything else? And for me, the answer is 
absolutely not. Um, so I think if it's in your gut and it's in your bones and you just know that it's, you know, that inescapable feeling of like, I'm on the right path and this is what I have to do. I think that's where that's, that's when you know to keep going. But I think on the other side of that, um, if there's that nagging feeling of like, you keep picturing like, well, I could be doing this. Well, I could be doing this. Yeah. Um, I think you got to listen to your gut at the end of the day. Definitely. So Leroy, Jeffro Gibbs, well, NCIS after how many seasons. Yeah. How many seasons <laughs> had, yeah. yeah, I did. Now, obviously we're in the, uh, we're in the year where literally going to cinemas is not possible. I mean, as we've, as you probably already know, HBO Max is releasing Wonder Woman 84 on Christmas day in America in cinemas and on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So the question is really, really got to ask is, is that the future or do you think it'll go back to mainly it'll be cinemas and then being released on streaming after about six months to a year? So this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm an optimist. So am I. And, but I, I, I think at this point you have to be realistic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just releasing Wonder Woman. HBO Max is releasing Warner Brothers' entire 21, 2021 slate of movies on HBO Max. On that. Mm-hmm. Big movies. Like big, big, big movies. Um, you've got Dune coming out on streaming. You've got The it's Matrix cool. 4 coming out on streaming. I mean, the, the amount of content that's coming out on streaming that theoretically, you know, those are billion dollar movies. You know what I mean? They certainly have the potential to be. And to release them all on a streaming service, that's, it's a game changer. Everybody's talking about it. Um, and it, you know, th- they're going to be on the streaming service for 30 days and they're going to be released in theaters at the same time. Which is and crazy. then they, they revert back to their regular theatrical run. And then after the theatrical run, it's like business is normal, right? They'll go to, you know, uh, pay-per-view or, you know, whatever. And then eventually they'll be on streaming about six months later. But you have these, these articles coming out about can AMC survive? Is AMC running out of money? That's the biggest, that's the biggest theater chain in the world. Mm. I, I genuinely hope that things go back and I hope, and in the fine print of the HBO Max announcement, there is subject to change. You know what I mean? So say, say the vaccine comes out and, you know, theaters are able to reopen and they have reopened, you know, in certain places. Yeah. But if there is a return to the way things used to be, whether it's simultaneous on the streaming service and in theaters at the same time, I, I don't know, but I personally am desperate to go back to the movie theater. I am. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any viewing experience that can take its place. You know, um, you know, Christopher Nolan's a huge advocate for the theater and he is, he talks a lot about, uh, you know, how his movies are meant to be seen on the big screen. And I think, I think it would be a, a tragedy if that was, if that was lost. Um, there's something about the experience of going in and 
getting a popcorn, getting a, you know, Coke or whatever your choice is and spending $16 to have, you know, uh, something that should cost $3, but it's because you're at the movie, you don't care. And going into the dark theater and the yeah. reclining seat, just kind of checking out for a while. That's such a, with a group of strangers. I mean, that's, there's, there's nothing like that. I mean, and I miss that experience so much. I mean, whether it's like, I'm trying to think of the last couple movies that I saw um, before the shutdown. Um, Uncut Gems was I one of them. I didn't see Tenant in August. Oh, you got to see, I haven't seen I Tenant yet. I see Tenant in August. Oh, uh, Tenant is one of those movies where you need to watch it twice. It's kind of like Ready Player One. You need first time to watch it through. And then second time, mm -hmm. in Tenant's case, you have to watch it again to understand how everything comes through. Because coming from me, and I'm a big Chris Nolan fan, this is something even more complicated than any other movie Chris Nolan has ever done. It really is. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I have watched, I, I was not going to watch the trailer because I wanted to go in cold. But I watched, when it was delayed and delayed and delayed, eventually I watched the trailer. And I, I have no idea what it's about. I haven't read any spoilers or anything like that, but I can't wait to see it. Um, and unfortunately I'm, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and watch it on, you know, streaming, but um, yeah, yeah but fun, going yeah. back to what I was saying. Yeah. I hope the theaters reopen. Yeah. I was about to say, if it makes you feel any better, I don't think Robert Panson knew what it was about when he was filming it. So I guess I give you like that how complicated it is. That's quite possible. Um, yeah, but he, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't wait to watch it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of those actors. So uh, yeah, just remember you have to watch it twice. One to watch it through, for just for watching, then second time to sort of understand how he's gelled everything together. Do you um, ever watch like like video analysis is an analysis of uh, of a movie after you watch it? No. Like go on YouTube and try to figure out what you just watched. No. I've started doing that lately. It's it's uh helpful. I think it might it well it is helpful, but I kind of feel like it takes away everything. I mean, I will say one thing: 1917 is literally done in one shot. I will say that. Mm -hmm. I, I love 1917. I saw a feature out of it about how exactly they did it, and it was just extraordinary how Sam Mendes did it. Mm -hmm. What what really would have been annoying is if, because um, it was literally like done in one take and it was occasionally if you fluffed your lines, uh, say about half an hour through and it'd be like, oh, we've got to do it all again. Where's Colin Firth? We need him back. Well, the, I mean, the, the, the movie's not shot in, in one, one take, but the, the, the amount of footage that they got in one take without breaking. I mean, that movie would go for like 10 minutes without, you know, in, in one scene and then yeah. they, they, in edit in post, they, you know, make it seamless. And I think that, that was my, that was one of my favorite movies of last year. Mm. Um, I thought it was just fantastic. I did. I'm not really one for war movies. I just, it just comes from, my mum used to be a big Clint Eastwood fan and I know Clint Eastwood used to be in a lot of war movies. It just never really, yeah. never really appealed, but I watched that and I did actually kind of love it. Not to mention the fact that every Call of Duty game literally is in last century mm. and it involves some sort of war. So, yeah. but yeah, I really enjoyed 1917. If anyone has got, I think it's Amazon Prime in the UK where you can watch it now. It's definitely worth a watch. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so out of so we know about Gunnar Anderson, the actor, Gunnar Anderson, who is again, I must stress this a lot, in the number one movie on Netflix right now. So what is the passions and interests of Gunnar Anderson outside of acting? I will say one thing. A few people have actually said, my only passion is acting. If you want to say that, that's fair enough. I think you got to have multiple. Um, and I think uh, I, I, had a, I had a teacher, uh, one, one, of, one of my best teachers um, told me very early on, like, this is, this is not an easy road to, to, to booking these things and to, to getting work as an actor. And you have to have other passions. You have to be able to, you can't just sit at home turning your wheels and waiting for the next audition. So I think having other passions is, uh, is, is great. Um, I, and especially in quarantine, uh, since March, I, I, I went to school. I went, I was an English major. I, I studied screenwriting in college. Um, so that was been, that was the original plan was to kind of write the next great screenplay and star in it. You know, that was the, that was the childhood dream. Yeah. So writing has always been, you know, a, a huge passion. Um, I'm, I'm very passionate about, uh, exercise and working out. And I was, a I, I got into that, at a, you know, in high school and it never left, um, and again, going into quarantine, it, 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 it's, it's kind of thrown me a curveball because all the gyms are closed. So you have to yeah. learn. I've had to basically relearn how to exercise. And that's been frustrating and really rewarding at the same time. Um, and like you, I, 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 love, I love collecting things. I love, um, I've collected action figures since I was like five. Um, I don't know if that falls into a passion or if that's just nostalgia, but it's, it's certainly fun. Yeah, I, I think so. I used to collect these, but me and my lady have sort of enjoyed collecting them as we've gone along. I mean, you can't see it, but at the bottom, there's an AJ Styles one. There's a LeBron James <laughs> one. There's two Deadpools here that you can't see. There's a Ellen Ripley one from the original Alien. I don't know if you can see it or not, but there's a Baby Yoda one here. Jon Snow you can see. Ed Sheeran you can see. You have a Deadpool, Charlotte Flair. That one is probably the best one that I have. Granted, it's only a little uh, a killing little joke, toy, but yeah. one of the best Batman novels ever done. Mm-hmm. Even Agreed. if it was kind of a bit ruined because they decided to cram another 40 minutes worth into it, which it didn't need, to be honest. But, oh, I think so, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, what more can you ask for? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I grew up on those voices, man. That, that's the so voice of both of them yeah so, sorry that I said. so i would say um what are your career highlights but obviously one will be a california christmas i'm not going to say why because everyone's probably sick and tired of me saying it but it's number one on Netflix. <laughs> yeah uh, so what what else would you say is a career highlight probably doing a marvel series i imagine oh my gosh working with sarah paulson uh being having sarah paulson as a scene partner was was uh incredibly intimidating but you, you, I, I watched her like a I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it so I'm not going to say anything but there's a, a series coming out that I've got a nice recurring arc on 
or a recurring role on good arc on it, um, which will be very exciting. So that's, that's definitely going to be a highlight of the career as well. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, have you got any, any other projects coming up? The, the series that I'm referring to, uh, I think we'll pick back up filming on that, uh, sometime in Q1. So yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, all right. What would you like the future to hold for you? As in, would you like, would you like the future to hold like good health? I'll say a healthy acting career where you still get parts. We get a lot of parts, uh, family, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I, obviously good health is like the number, the number one thing. Um, that's good health for my, myself, my family, my friends, my girlfriend. Um, my girlfriend and I have been together for, this is our fifth Christmas together. Nice. So, um, uh, that that's that's some certainly down the road neither of us are in any sort of rush which is really nice um and we're both actors so we're both kind of on the same trajectory as far as careers go yeah. um as far as as far as working yeah I'd, I'd love to i'd love to you know work on as many projects as possible and i'd love to find that the, the, that role that will be mine you know what i mean um, but as far as, and, and going past that, I want to, I want to write and I want to produce, uh, th those are the two big things. So yeah. to get the good, to get a good writer's credit to whether it's a screenplay, whether it's a series, I have a pilot that's ready to go, um, that I wrote, uh, with a writing partner. And then I have my girlfriend and I have a pilot that's ready to go that we wrote together. And then, um, so we're, we're, we're definitely, we're making the moves. That's good to know. Uh, for anyone who is interested and wants to follow you on social media, how would they go about it? It's Gunnar Anderson is my Instagram, and that's the only social media that I have. You don't do Twitter? Um, nope. Don't do Twitter. Oh, I even have my Twitter don't page do... open ready to follow you. Nope. If you don't no, do Twitter, I, uh... it's fair enough. I mean, Twitter doesn't exactly have the most reliable... Uh, reputation because majority of a lot of people on twitter are quite toxic i'm not to be honest i deal yeah. with one of mine but that's just because there's <laughs> one constant piece of toxicity where no one's happy with anything but right, right it's actually it's actually quite nice wrestling wise everyone is it's like one big community that never argues everyone just follows oh, one another that's fantastic I, w I wish you know I, I wish all of them were like that but yeah in instagram is is the only one that i that I have and keep up with. Yeah, it's probably probably a wiser one. And we'll finish it there. So on that, ladies and gentlemen, I'll save this for the last time because everyone's probably sick and tired of me saying it. Uh, the gentleman who is one of the stars of the number one movie on Netflix at this point in time, Gunnar Anderson. Thank you so much, Dean. This was a blast. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. The honor is... Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.